0: Hi, everyone. Today's podcast is called Look for the Helpers, the old Mr. Rogers quote. But there's something new to the twist that I'm thinking of today, and that is help your children know they are the helpers too. What if we could raise children from the time they are little, two and three years old, four and five years old, to know that they are capable and that they have gifts, talents, resources to share with others who are in need. Everyone knows it's post-hurricane world. We are post-hurricane very immediately um, with our neighbors in the Bahamas here in South Florida. And I know that wherever you live, you are hearing the news of people in need, suffering and struggling. And we always worry about our children's experience and perception of the world being a dangerous, unsafe, and scary place. But the antidote to that isn't to bubble wrap them. I mean, of course it is to help select the amount of information and the quality of information that they're exposed to. But it's also to bring it all down to age-appropriate understanding, bits and pieces, that says, We can do something in this world. We make a difference. So I really want everyone out there to be thinking about how do I bring my children into whatever I am doing for people around me whether it's in my own neighborhood or on another part of the world who need help, who need something that we have, because we all have something that somebody else will benefit from, that will make their life a little bit easier. And if we have children growing in an ordinary way with a sense of the generosity of others, the care, the empathy, the kindness of others, then should they ever need help, need assistance, need to look for those helpers, they will know that helpers exist. And so I think it's a powerful message in a world that really can feel overwhelming and scary. And I know one of the people on this podcast, well, I know both of them well, but Summer Fairman, Um, is someone who inspires us in South Florida on a regular basis. She is our TLC coordinator at Tara, and she always knows of a way for us to help one another, to help someone, to get involved, to open our hearts, our eyes, our awareness so that we're not living in bubbles that that, that give us a mistaken perception of the world. And so what I love about my relationship to Summer's work and to Summer is that there is, and what I've been posting in the last week's post-hurricane, watching her work and connecting my families and our everything to to her mission and her vision of how to help and get involved and be effective in that involvement is that there is never a sense of helplessness or being overwhelmed when you know summer, because summer takes all of that big too muchness of this world, and she brings it back to bite-sized, manageable, even empowering behaviors and actions that we can all feel like we're doing something valuable and meaningful. And I really truly believe that whether we are the grown-ups or the children um, having that sense of purpose and meaning makes an everything difference in our lives. So here comes a podcast from the archives and it's called Giving and Receiving because if we live in a world where our giving helps someone else then we receive something back And it also allows us to receive help whenever it's needed for us. So enjoy and please, please, please include your children not in the worries and the overwhelm of this world, but in the connection and the ability to make a difference. Take good care of yourselves and one another out there. See you next week. Today's podcast is Giving and Receiving. Welcome to a very special podcast to kick off a new calendar year with kindness and generosity. Today, we are talking about giving and receiving, especially how do we teach young children to give and to receive, to recognize that even our youngest toddlers can help others, can be generous and thoughtful to the needs of others. And in that act of giving, they also learn to receive, to get something back, to know it's okay to need help, to give help, and to receive help. I have two extraordinary people at the square table. Welcome to Summer Fairman and Phyllis Mann. Summer is the TLC coordinator at B'nai Torah. TLC is tzedakah, learning, and hesed. Summer knows every corner of need in our community and beyond. And more, Summer knows how to connect what is needed to what each of us is able to give without guilt and without feeling helpless at the greatness of needs in this world. Phyllis is a parent of two young boys who has worked with Summer to create meaningful experiences for her family. I'm going to ask Phyllis to get us started by describing what she wanted and where she began her personal commitment to giving and receiving in her family. Welcome, welcome.
1: Yeah, First of all, thank you so much for having me. I was super humbled that you guys even thought of me for this podcast. Like. I was very honored to be part of this podcast. So what you
0: have been doing with Summer, your appreciation for the opportunities available to you and your family has blown me away from the minute you began this. Yeah, it's
1: very special to me. So I think I was mostly inspired. We came out to Mitzvah Day a few years ago with Lev. And it's run by the temple, but Family Time was also invited. And I just have something in my heart about giving back. I feel very lucky to be things I have and do and can see and experience so I, I would love to give I like to give back it's just in my heart so anyway we went to mitzvah day and some of these things that you go to for temple activities or any kind of that they, they invite children to really there's not so much that they can actually uh, involve get involved with but this mitzvah day was completely kid-friendly you know they were um, packing bags with toothbrushes and toothpaste and dental floss there was another table um Like travel shampoos and conditioners and body washes. There was another table to make bags for laundry detergents and how to, you know, items to take care of your clothes. And then there was, of course, the the, the table that blew Love away was the candy table. (laughs) And he was there to make bags of candy. which I later learned was to deliver to some um, retired folks across the street. And I was blown away by it and Lev loved it. And I was like, well, now what's going to happen to this bag of candy? And, of course, Summer was the one to ask. And so, thankfully, I got hooked up with Summer right away. And I said, we had a great experience. Thank you so much. But what's the next step? I wanted Lev to see the follow-through. And I was curious about the follow-through. So she's hooked us up with... um, the retirement community across the street. She gave us like 10 uh, apartment buildings to knock on doors, and we took Lev in the stroller at that time. I think he was like three. I think he was three. And we knocked on the doors, and Lev knocked on every door, and he said, would you like some candy? I think it was Shabbat. So it was Shabbat Shalom. Would you like some candy? And we ran down the hall, saw all these different numbers of, of apartments, and it was a great experience. He really seemed like he understood it.
0: He understood that he was giving back. Yeah. So, Summer, tell us about your role as TLC coordinator, as Mitzvah Day, and then I want to bring it back to this ongoing, living lives connected and responsive to the world. So, big picture, and then we'll go to the personal that you create for all of us. I mean, you help us decide our tzedakah projects for Ahava Shabbat. You will always know where there is a need for us to respond to. Thank and you, you, and you explain Maddie. it to us and to children yeah, so in a way. I mean, that's the other thing. You never make us feel overwhelmed no. or like there's too much to do in the world. Or you... that I
1: haven't done enough. Well, yeah. You're always so grateful that like I do a small thing, not, not like sure. a big thing all the time. Like she really makes me feel like, okay, Phyllis just wants to do this. That's great. And she f- makes me feel comfortable for just what I can do now.
2: Yes. So thank you for having me. (laughs) And um, to go from the bigger picture, when um, Phyllis came out to Mitzvah Day, that actually, that year, the theme was being a bridge builder. And so really the best way to explain how TLC works and how I work is really connecting people where they're at, with what the needs are in their immediate community, our nation, our country, our world. And um, so with Mitzvah Day, um, every day in my world is Mitzvah Day. And so um, my role at TLC is really just living out my passion of giving and teaching people the importance of giving and that you can have this absolute you know, euphoric experience from giving to someone else. And the giving can be something as simple as opening the door or, um, you know, love giving out the candy. I don't necessarily believe that it always has to have a financial uh, backing to it. So your time and your talent are equally, if not more valuable than the money in your wallet. So that's something that always needs to be said that if I come a calling, I'm not coming to ask for money always. Every every conversation
1: I've had with you is, well, what do you want to do, Phyllis? And then you give me like a project to do instead of asking me for money. So that's always nice too.
2: Yeah, I don't know that I've ever called to no, ask for money. Never. never. <laughs> I came with my own money. Yeah. I um but uh, TLC really wants to be able to connect people of all ages, whether you're two years old or 102 years old on something that's important to you. So whether we have an 85 year old retired teacher in our congregation or in community who feels that they have no purpose, giving them their purpose back and saying, hey, we really need someone to read in the library to these little kids who do not have parents who speak English. So can you please give me one hour of your time a week to go okay. over there and <laughs> to see them blossom and say, oh my God, these kids love me and they want to hug me and they want to sit on my lap and they want me yes. to open the book more and bring books from my own culture, not just, you know, Little Red Riding Hood, They, it's very important to them. and. To then get to work with families like Phyllis's family, where here I was working with, at the time, an almost three-year-old, because he wasn't three when I first, first met him. And literally from the time that I met Lev, I call him the mitzvah man. (laughs) (laughs) I call him the mitzvah man, and he knows when I see him in the halls, I call him, hi, mitzvah man. And his friends all want to know, why do you get to be called the mitzvah man? And I'll tell you, they want... They kind of want to follow in that footstep, which because I think you're is giving
0: a, us, but young children especially, power and and efficacy yeah. to be a well, force yeah. of good in the world. Oh, I,
2: absolutely! That is where they can become their own superhero. Yeah, and um, they don't need to have the television or a comic book or a video game; they're living it. They're living proof that they can make a difference. Yeah, they can I, make a difference even just by smiling. Going in, I mean, when you would to bring uh, Lev, but now to bring Joss yeah, with you. Yeah. As Joss, watching him go from stroller to walking. Yeah. To see a senior see him, you know, toddle, you know, and go back and forth really like training wheels smile. on his little feet. Yeah. And they're smiling, watching him smile. All he did was just walk. walk. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the type of stuff that's so important. And, yes, there is a complete learning philosophy behind uh, TLC within our Judaism. But I believe that you share that with everyone, whether we're opening up our doors to our Christian friends, our Muslim friends, our anybody friends. I don't care where you are, if you're black, white, purple, tall, short, thin, fat, Does it matter? Um, The whole thing is about being a human and saying, you know what, you're struggling, and I have the ability to help you. And um, that is extremely important to people of all ages. Mitzvah day, where I was started before, is yes, every day in my world is Mitzvah day, but the day here is really to highlight and showcase All of these agencies and all of these needs of our community and saying, hey, they need our help. And does this fit for you? Can you find your niche? Because once you find your niche, you're not falling through a crack anymore. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to sit at home and say, well, how can I give back? Because now you know I can give back. I can go to the grocery store when it's buy one, get one free laundry detergent And I can sit at home with my kids and I can pack some bags and I know that the homeless will get their clothes washed every Monday with dignity and they're going to walk around and smell just as good as I'm going to smell. Or if it's on Thursdays that we're making sandwiches to feed these children after school or bringing popsicles or packing snack, there's something for everyone and As I said, it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm asking you to write a check with lots of
0: zeros. Tell me about your own, how how you taught this as a mom as well. Because I think that that understanding of the stress and reality of being a family. um, Oh, for sure. (laughs) Informs your ability to help families participate with ease and with respect for people's time as well. Totally. And, and also just the stress of kids don't want to do something or they do want to do something. How did how do you know all that you know? So you've raising lived it.
2: raising two girls who are now teenagers, can I go back to them being little please? <laughs> um it's a lot of teaching by example. But also allowing them to say, I don't necessarily like what you like, mommy. So this mommy is obsessed with hunger. And I have one child who caught on to the hunger bandwagon. And I have another one who says, I don't really care. And I don't care if I waste my food. And I don't care but mommy, this is really important to me and I really care about this animal in the ocean and we need to do this. Mm. And so you have to also listen to what they're telling you because if you're making them do what you find important, guess what? Giving has now become a chore. And chores stink. And then we have to give allowance for chores that stink. Well, guess what? I would much rather have fun with my child who wants to throw her food away and tell me all about this shark that's very important and we have to go to Gumbo Limbo because they need our help and we have to go clean the beach because this sea turtle is going to have a problem with the straw up its nose and that's all well and good because I heard where she was at and if I didn't hear her,
0: then what what kind of teacher am I? So there's nothing in what you do that comes from shoulds and righteousness in some weird way. I have to
1: say that. You are so good at finding what would be interesting for that child, or at least giving me the options. I don't remember what the options were, but I saw you in the hallway and I was like, I'm looking for something to do with Lev. It's that time of year for us, whatever it was. You, you gave me a few ideas, and I remember it was um, you were trying to get pooled pool toys, pool packages oh, right. for the kids for some For Milagro Center. For Milagro Center. And I was like, pool, Lev's crazy about swimming. He loved, loves pool toys. This is our mission, you know? And if, sure enough, Lev embraced it like a champ because I knew that he would love giving toys that he loves to other kids. So sure enough, we came to, to summer with a whole Bag and I mean, he I was so
0: impressed. And everything had to match. match. <laughs> yeah, everything had a match. He he again, to
1: match. She did. But again, he
0: had voice and choice. Oh, he had
1: voice and choice for in sure. In this he process so and it. this
0: experience, because if we just tell kids what to do and yeah. how to do it, yeah, they can't own their own generosity. Yeah,
1: I think that's also part of your expertise to give options and the parents to think to themselves, like you just said. What would empower them and encourage them to get involved? And the same thing, you know, when I did the candy. I could tell at that mitzvah day that the candy lit up Lev. So I was like, we're going to do something with this candy. You know, and, and then it continued. Like, just now, when you set us up for Boca Elementary, you had a, ba- a box of stuff that you had already provided food. You know, a box of food for us to deliver. And I just wanted to add something. You gave me some ideas. And I thought to myself, what would Lev like to have at this after-school program for his snack? So I asked him, what do you want to give? I gave him a couple choices, like popsicles. sure enough, (laughs) we went to the store and we got them popsicles. And he went to every single kid in this aftercare and said, would you like a popsicle? Would you like a popsicle? Would you like a popsicle? And it was like amazing.
0: Okay, let's talk about that experience for Lev and for yourself. Um, Meeting and it, it, people and being in situations that are maybe outside of your comfort zone that you don't know how you're going to be yeah. received um will lev be received totally it, with these children i mean explain that diversity experience yeah so i
1: think that um from the beginning the relationships that summer sets up with the community they also welcome people who are coming in from the outside so The person that she set me up with, I can't remember her name at the moment. But she was already, you could already feel the vibe was like, we're happy you're here. And she welcomed us. So it was already like good energy. And uh, yeah, I was a little concerned if Lev was just going to like sit out at the corner. But even if he did, I would be fine with that. You know, I just wanted him to see the experience. Um, For me, my message is always the same kind of for Lev. You know, there's, there's kids and families that don't have all the toys that you have. And you're very lucky. What you know? Let's give to kids who don't have the things that you have, like your toys. And Summer that day at Boca Elementary, she gave us such a visual example finally that I had yet seen, and it has worked so well since Explain then. Explain if
0: you would, please. You know,
1: Summer explained to Lev that some mommies and daddies or families have this much money, and those, you know, that's
0: two fingers, three inches apart. Yeah,
1: where where when you have this much money, all you can buy is a bag of rice, potatoes you know, maybe some meat and some water, you know, and then there's families that have this much money. 12 in
0: inches apart.
1: And they could maybe add in a toy or two, you know, and then you have families that have this much apart and they're able to, to have, you know, they're fortunate and they have a lot of toys maybe, but at that point you have to think about how you can give back to
0: others that don't. So for both of you, my question is, I mean, we talked a little bit, mentioned hunger and homelessness. Um, Do you ever worry or have you lived through the experiences where children have a lot of questions, fear, anxiety, confusion over homelessness, hunger? You know, like, is that is it scary to think of the world in need?
1: You know, for me, I don't think love is that aware yet of hunger and homelessness. I think I've managed to keep his giving on a level that he can understand, really the toy level, to give back toys, to give back food where he can maybe like popsicles and candy. I think that's a big question for Summer.
2: Um, my children definitely have been able to grasp the concept and understand it. And yes, there is definitely a fear. I think in our house, we've definitely joke around that in a, some past life, I must have been a starving person, <laughs> that I'm so worried about people not being able to eat. Um, but my children have lived it without me, which is... Um, I think where my older daughter bought into it herself. She didn't need me to lead the the charge on hunger. She was sitting in her elementary school. We live in an affluent community. And um, there was a little girl sitting next to her at the lunch table. And she's in kindergarten. And the little girl had no lunch. And Deborah had more than enough lunch every day. So she would offer some. And then... Deborah would come home from school and be ravenous. And I could not understand why my kid was starving. So I would just give her food. And one day went by, two days went by, three days went by. And I finally said, what is going on? I sent you with so much food. Why, is, why are you so hungry? And she said, well, mommy, when I'm at school, please don't get mad at me. But I have to give all of my food to this little girl who sits next to me who doesn't come with any food. Wow, And I said, well, why doesn't she come with any food? I don't know, Mommy, but she can't buy food at the school cafeteria. She's not allowed. Okay, so I started to pack double lunch. One lunch for Deborah and one lunch for this little girl. And I have a flexible enough work schedule as I am not a part time employee. I'm not a full time employee. I am called Flex Time Employee, which is 24 7, (laughs) 365. Right. So I showed up to school at lunch and I got to see my daughter giving this lunch to another little girl. Did your daughter know you were coming? No. I stood behind my daughter who had no idea that I was going to be there, and I was listening. And the little girl said, Tebra, what did Mom make today? I'm very excited because we are not a, you know, square sandwich eating family. And I'm watching as the little girl is trying to open the thermos, and I'm standing behind, and my daughter still doesn't know I'm there. And I said, would you like me to help you open it? To this little girl, I'm just a cafeteria volunteer. Sure, sure. And then my da- my daughter turned around, Mom! So she said, oh, Thank you so much, Deborah's mommy, for making me lunch. So I said, I have a secret. So I whispered in her ear, and I said, I love making you lunch, but I want you to have lunch every day. What if my daughter doesn't come to school? How come you don't have lunch? And she looked at me straight in the face and said, my mommy lost her job, and we don't, we don't have enough money to make me lunch. So I said, Well, I want to help mommy. So from that, we got the paperwork set up and scheduled for this little girl so she could get free and reduced lunch until mom was back on her feet. And so she didn't have to eat uh, food from Deborah every day and feel as if she was taking. But so now, where you're having your podcast about um, giving and receiving when she got her school lunch, which my daughter was not necessarily ever allowed to have because she has a controlling, lunatic mother who wants her to eat this many fruits and this many veggies and this many this and this many that, got to experience school lunch because the little girl shared with her the french fries Ah, that came with her lunch or whatever it was that she had that my daughter was eyeing with these big, huge (laughs) eyes. And the little girls have actually stayed friends through the whole thing and... That's where I think that um, she definitely saw it herself, and she saw how easy it was that all of a sudden you have food one day, and if your mommy or daddy loses their job, you might not have any food. Now... I don't know that Deborah at the time understood that mommies and daddies in our house have savings and, you know, we can, yeah. we're prepared if, God forbid, something bad was going to happen. Yeah. But we did not shelter her. Right. And we did explain to her that our people live from hand to mouth. You go to work. You collect your money, you buy the food, you eat. You go to work, you collect the money, you buy the food, you eat. Oh my gosh, I got a flat tire. You go to work, you collect the money, you fix the tire. Oops, and you don't I get to food. eat tonight. And there is that food insecurity. And so she did learn about how life is very quickly can change. And it, it doesn't matter that one day you have this nice house and you have a car and your parents can put gas in the car what happens when they can't do that? And I, she I, that. I
1: really like your point about sheltering the kids because I'm not afraid of shelter, and I think that I I try to actually embrace the diversity in the community. You know, here even just where I live, I live east of Federal Highway, very nice community. Right west of Federal Highway, it's a it's a community in need, and I like that there's that diversity right in my backyard because I think it can show my kids and myself and remind me every day of Of what the world really is and not just this little community in Espoka. Like I mean this bubble. And
0: both of you live with this first I was thinking fearlessness about being in proximity to need or to difference or vulnerability. But then I'm thinking it's openness. It's just openness that we're all in these communities together. Yeah. And when you embrace your ability to be a helper and a partner and belonging in those same communities, then it isn't. Then it, it's just it's just one community, and and I think that's something that we want to show our children all the time. Um,
1: yeah, I always actually on a daily basis I have a bag every day at my front door of stuff to give away. And Lev knows, Joss will know too. If there's things that they're done playing with that they don't want anymore, they can put in that bag to give away. And it's always there. So I'm always ready to go with it.
2: Well, to add to Phyllis's that there's always a bag, I've, I teach here at the synagogue, no matter what age you are, all about the bag of hope. And we create bags that um, for once when you come to an event, instead of having the hands-on, Project of okay, now it's going to go to such and such agency. This isn't actually a bag you get to take with you. And you take this bag that's filled with water and peanut butter crackers, sometimes mints or um, gum, so people can have a little bit of fresh breath, deodorant, maybe a $5 gift card to Subway or Wendy's, something that's on a bus line. But when you see that person standing on the side of the street, they, it, the children and the adults are taught that it is okay as long as you feel safe, it is okay to say I want to help you and not have to say here's twenty dollars. But you know what? Mm-hmm. I think you need a little hope today, and giving opening that window and saying here's some hope, and then knowing that when you get home that night, hey, I gave my bag away. I better make another one, and it's just a recurring factor that in the car always there is a bag hanging on the headrest that says, I can give someone hope today. Whether it's somebody at the gas station who just is running a little short and doesn't have enough money in their gas tank. Okay, so you you give them a couple dollars to put in that you pay for yourself, or you see that person who you just see struggling, who's hungry, and you say, I have something, hold on a second. And that is such an important um, thing to be able to teach our children, teach our peers. And forget about even teaching our peers. What about our parents who were so wrapped up in having to go to work and make the money so we can pay our car payment and pay our mortgage? And I want to go to see this Dolphins game. And I really want to go on vacation. And then all of a sudden you forget that, you know what? Something as simple
0: as providing a little hope makes the day for both of you what i love is this living this day in and day out the question always comes up what's the antidote in an entitlement me mine, now culture and this is the antidote which just says i mean what you're teaching your children is there's vulnerability out there and the things we take for granted are not as secure as you might want to take for granted. You have to plan. You have to yeah. strategize. So you're giving your own family's life skills, and then you're sharing skills, abilities, strategies, techniques, and hope with the world. Um, then I, I want Before we do our wrap up, I just have one more question, mm-hmm. and that is, the the living, um, mitzvah day every day. Um, that ha- the messages you are trying to teach. The way you convey both professionally and personally. Um, well, I think that... you
1: started out the podcast right. You know, I'm trying to create kindness, but I'm also trying to co- create awareness in our family. I think it's actually more awareness that will hopefully bring kindness on their own. Um, so I think these projects that Summer brings into the community do that, help me do that, because I don't know all of them. I could see them on the street, of course, you know, h- homeless people, but I think when she brings it, to missions that we can do really create that awareness, which will hopefully bring the kindness and thoughtfulness later. But, but um,
0: awareness is where it all begins. Yeah, it is Absolute definitely where And before you give your answer, I have another question to throw to you, and that is tell everybody who you are, how to reach you. Yeah. Because yes. what I know is, yes. how does every community not have a summer? Yeah. Um, there, is, uh, there is never a, a limit to what you know we can do totally. and i always know you are here to guide me help me share with anybody that wants to do something totally. so tell us what your role is and how people can can have yeah. you or some you? <laughs> version of you if they're not local
2: <laughs> so my role is and i will say i don't necessarily have a job i have a purpose so um, my role is truly to, I believe, to connect anyone and everyone who comes into my life with goodness, gratitude. Um, I, I do tell everyone kindness matters always. It's not that it just matters. It matters always from the time you wake up to the time you go to sleep. Whether you're local or far away, I can be reached um, via email. I'm constantly on that. If you like, sure. Um, so I can be reached through. Uh, my personal email is probably the best way to get me, and it's one that can be remembered. It's Saturday at gmail.com. And otherwise, people can find me on uh, social media. On Facebook is a great way. So whether you're a member of a synagogue or not, member of anything, it People, uh, friends of friends of friends can find me just by looking for me on uh, social media under Summer Fairman.
0: And Spell your last name, please.
2: F-A-E-R-M-A-N.
0: And, and for the communities out there, You need people like this, whether, I mean, on your staff, who is a connector of all connectors, knows resources, knows when they see a person who's lost their job, or knows that there's a homeless family, or that that knows all of the resources and opportunities in a community.
2: Absolutely. So um, to be on Team Summer is not like being on a football team (laughs) or a soccer team. Uh, there's never a bench everyone is a starter at all times so I I welcome everyone to join to join my team our team a team of kindness it is super important and um, to go back to where Phyllis was um, with mitzvah every day is that people need to to realize that mitzvah doesn't need to be Huge. No. It yeah, needs to be me meaningful. That. It needs to be something that you feel and that makes you feel good.
0: And um so and that talk about that receiving because when I was planning this podcast, right. you said I want it giving and receiving.
2: So when you're giving to someone, you you, you're seeing that somebody is receiving, you know, some type of level of help. As I said, it could be something as simple as holding the door for somebody who's struggling carrying a whole bunch of packages or that um, you've helped somebody in the grocery line who you saw have to put something back because as they kept pressing subtotal, 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 they're short a dollar and two cents, and you wanted to make sure that the little kid had, you know, his Elmo toothpaste. That was very important to your daughter to see that this little boy got his Elmo toothpaste. That that was important. And where um, Lev doesn't want to see one of his toys go to waste, and he wants to see it go to someone else, seeing that person receive. Is a great feeling receiving that inner goodness is also great but also knowing that you can give and you don't need to know who is receiving it but knowing in your heart and that you can feel wow I'm one person I did it I did something whether I made a phone call to a senior who is sitting in that house and that phone never ever rings except from a telemarketer and you called and said hi how are you today I just hope you have a happy Friday or, you know, Shabbat's coming and I want to wish you Shabbat Shalom or, you know, Sunday's coming and God bless you, whatever it is that is in there. And when you hang up that phone, you're like, wow, I just changed somebody's life today. And not only did I change their life, I changed my life because instead of me finding something negative in the world, I just had this kind gratifying experience from something so simple. And I'll end our podcast with looking at the three cups that are on the table, all with differing levels of water in all of them and saying okay Phyllis's cup is almost empty but knowing that Phyllis hydrated herself and now Phyllis is going to be able to leave the room and saying okay I can do I can I can do something I'm ready to go and so I can look at your cup carrot and say okay is it half full or half empty because you know you you absorbed all of your all of your nutrients from your water here and you're hydrated okay but you absorbed everything from us. And then to look at my cup because I'm too busy blabbering (laughs) that it's completely full. And to me, it's full of kindness. So I'll finish and I'll drink my water while we're all done and know that, okay, you did the mitzvah for me to make sure that I was hydrated. You didn't want me to come in here and say, oh my God, I'm thirsty or, you know, Phyllis needed a tissue. So I think And there's some sweets
0: for you as well.
2: Please. (laughs) (laughs) But to know that... Um, we're all here for each other all the time for something as simple as I put a glass of water on the table for you.
0: And I don't know how she stays full of kindness all the time, but she is always full of kindness. (laughs) Thank you. you. It's good. It's right. Thank you you very, very much. Thank you. So that's the mess for today. We appreciate you listening to See Me, Hear Me, Love Me. Seeing little people learn and grow Listening to parents taking a crazy, uncertain journey. Loving the fun and loving the mistakes. You write the rules, you write your story. We just want to be part of the conversation. But in the end, we know you got this. We'll catch you next week. Take care. Wait, 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 one more thing. If you liked our podcast, please tell a friend. Or even better, write us a review at iTunes. We'd also like to invite you to join us on Facebook. That's with me, Karen Dearwester, And check out the parenting resources at FamilyTimeInc.com. You'll also find us on Twitter at, at FamilyTimeInc and Instagram at Karen underscore time. Thanks for listening today. Thanks to everyone at B'nai Torah Congregation for this wonderful space. Thanks to Darren Lippman for the great intro. And thanks to the front and the follow for the song, Listen. We are listening. See you next week.